Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us. We've got a shocking update on the border wall coming up for you in just a few moments. Plus, has our North Dakota legislature lost their minds? I'll explain, so be sure and stick around for that. We want to start tonight, though, with the big news that came out today. Former Vice President Joe Biden getting in the 2020 race. Kind of a little bit of a different presidential announcement. He put out a kind of a launch video earlier today, about three minutes long or so. Then he went to go hang out at a pizza joint in Delaware, and then he's got a fundraiser tonight. So that's kind of the lay of land for him today. But I do want to play a quick clip of uh, Joe Biden's launch video for you. Basically, this is what went down for his 2020 message campaign. Put out this video, as you can see here, and he says, Hi, I'm Joe. Orange man bad, me good. Orange man racist, me not. That was basically it. I mean, that was the, you know, summation of his three-minute launch video right there. So, of course, as this went down, President Trump wanted to weigh in on Twitter after Mr. Biden made his announcement, and the tweet said this. <laughs> Welcome to the race, Sleepy Joe. I only hope you have the intelligence, long in doubt, to wage a successful primary campaign. It will be nasty. You'll be dealing with people who truly have some very sick and demented ideas, but if you make it, I will see you at the starting gates. <laughs> oh, if Joe makes it, it is going to be such a great race. Remember, Joe Biden talked about he wanted to take President Trump back out in the back of a high school alley. Get after a little bit, right? <laughs> Here's some pretty shocking news, though. You, know, you can see President Trump, they're talking a little smack, but there is a brand new poll out from Morning Consult and Politico that shows Joe Biden with an eight-point lead right now over President Trump. He's leading the Dems. He also leads President Trump. So we'll see how this thing plays out. And, of course, who can forgive this? And I'm kind of debating, you know, you see President Trump, they're calling him Sleepy Joe, but I'm wondering with all the, you know, hair sniffing and the bizarre antics from Joe Biden, do you call him Sleepy and Creepy Joe or Creepy and Sleepy Joe? We'll start with this one, because how can you forget this clip from Creepy and Sleepy Joe when he said this to Senator Heitkamp? Spread your legs, you're going to be frisked. Drop your hands. You say that to somebody in North Dakota, they think it's a frisk. Drop your hands to the side, you know. <laughs> you're in trouble, right? Spread your legs, you're going to be frisked. Is that appropriate when you're swearing in a brand new senator? I, I don't think it is, but to each their own, we'll see how this thing plays out. All I know is it's going to be... Just grab your popcorn as this Democratic primary starts getting heated up, which is going to start heating up in just a couple of short months. Here's some great news for Trump 2020 campaign. Uh, a Democrat group has now hired two Democrats that lost their campaign in 2018 bigly. Bigly, if we've got this graphic, let's bring it up. You can see here they hired Senator Heidi Heitkamp to go out there and Keep in mind, Senator Heitkamp in 2018 had the biggest loss of all the U.S. Senate races in the entire 2018 campaign. Senator Heitkamp had the biggest loss in the entire nation. Remember, she lost to Senator, Senator now, now Senator Kevin Kramer, by 11 points. I mean, she got trumped, pun intended. She got trounced by Senator Kevin Kramer. And yet now you've got a group that says, hey, let's go pick a couple people that lost their campaigns, and we allegedly are going to teach Democrats how to speak to rural voters. If you're going to go find somebody to speak to rural voters in rural America, you're going to teach senators and presidential candidates, don't you think you'd probably want to find somebody that is a winner, that's winning? I don't know. It seems like a pretty novel and simple idea 
to me, would love your point of view on the Democrats picking someone who got absolutely trounced in North Dakota to try and go teach Democrats. And by the way, I mean, just think how ridiculous that sounds. I've got to sit down with you and teach you, coach you on how to speak to someone in rural America. That's how out of touch the Democrat Party is. It's, again, going to be fascinating to watch. One important note on Senator Heitkamp, though, uh, this was reported earlier today. As we all know, Mark Kennedy probably leaving UND. I mean, that's the way it looks unless Colorado says gives him the Heisman, which still might happen by the end of the week. But she did say earlier, she goes, look, I'm, I'm not completely putting the UND presidency gig out of mind. If it was offered to her, she may actually take that job, which may be a great choice for UND to put Heidi Heitkamp as the president of that university. Right, let's talk about with the latest here on what's going on with immigration uh, and the border wall. The Washington Examiner today released brand new information that the Trump administration has put up only 39 miles of border wall, 39.8 to be exact. That's since January of 2017. Obviously, not even close to what President Trump would want to be telling you. All this is according to an email that was sent to Senator Hovind's office. And I bring this up because remember, it may not align with what the Army Corps of Engineers Lieutenant General Todd Semenite told President Trump when they were down on the border just a few weeks ago. They were down at Calexico, California, right on the border of Mexico. And if you remember this, he was sitting next to President Trump. They had that press conference there. And that's when Lieutenant General Semenite talked about they've got 82 miles of wall already put in the ground. Well, again, according to the email to Senator Hovind's office, they're saying mm, not 82, it's really more like 39.8. To be fair to Lieutenant General Seminite, this may, they may be using different appropriation years, different fiscal years, things of that nature. So that will bear out, will keep you abreast on how those numbers work out. But I'll bring all this up because I want to remind you, it was just last Tuesday, you can see some of it here, just last Tuesday, that Fisher Industries put on its second demonstration of how they can build a mile of wall per day. The first time they did this, it was for DHS. Last Tuesday, they put on the demo for the Army Corps of Engineers. Now, remember, we as a nation, you see this all the time in the headlines, we are facing a national emergency at our southern border. Our president has declared a national emergency. We're now apprehending a record amount of people at the border, and then we're releasing, I just saw the headline today, like. 1,400 people a day into the interior of our country because everything's just so overwhelmed. They are coming in droves in these caravans. And so we've actually just had a video as of late too as well as being reported that we had United States National Guardsmen that were being disarmed by Mexican authorities. When you have people that are storming your borders, disarming your guards people, to me, I think that would equate to a crisis. That equates to a national emergency. So I want to bring this up because all of us here are going, look, we need to get this border wall built. We've got to solve this immigration problem. And just last Wednesday, the Army Corps of Engineers, Lieutenant General Todd Semonite, he was on the Scott Hennon, what's on your mind, radio show. And Mr. Hennon asked him about, hey, so you've got this demo going on yesterday for some people from the Army Corps of Engineers. You know, what's your take on it? Have you been debriefed? What's going to happen here? Here's what Lieutenant General Semonite had to say. I have not got an actual report out from my guys. I did have three people on the ground yesterday. Uh, they were technicians. They were there from a technical perspective. I'm in DC. I mean, I'm obviously in North Dakota now. I'm flying back later this week. And then somewhere towards the end of the week, I'll get a printout on that. 
So very important, national emergency, border crisis, right? That was last Wednesday. So to quote him there, he says, hey, by the end of the week, I'll get a printout on that. When I hear that, I assume that means Friday, maybe Saturday, the Lieutenant General, the Army Corps of Engineer, who right now has the purview underneath their umbrella, if you will, to go and build this border wall, says, I will be debriefed by the end of the week for this national emergency. Well, I've been reaching out to the Army Corps of Engineers saying, hey, give me some information. And I also want to get the notes or the debriefing notes for Lieutenant General Seminite about what their takeaway is from the Fisher Industries demo. Well, the Army Corps of Engineers responded to me yesterday afternoon. If we can bring up this email, please. This is at 228 in the afternoon, and I'm quoting the email here. It says, also, Lieutenant General Seminite has not received any briefing or notes to date on the Fisher Industries demonstration. Totally understand. Obviously, he's extremely busy. Completely appreciate that. But it's a national emergency. The, our Commander-in-Chief has declared a national emergency. Lieutenant General Seminite is with the Army Corps of Engineers, part of our military. What's the holdup? Please, somebody let me know. How can we be delaying a debriefing when we've got a company, a private company, that can save us money and build a mile wall a day? When up to this point, since January of 2017, we've only built 39.8 miles. Granted, I could be missing something, but please, somebody fill in the gaps. Would love to know your point of view on that. All right, also, I should mention at the top of the show, had this North Dakota legislature lost their minds. And here's what I mean specifically. There was a bill that passed today, is now going to hit the governor's desk, where the North Dakota legislature, and I would say because this person's doing such a good job of auditing state agencies, the legislature today wanted to strip our state auditor of his ability to initiate independent performance audits. Don't we all want a well-run, well-executed government? I would presume the answer to that would be yes, but because Josh Gallion has gone out there and done a bunch of audits as of late, I'm sure you saw the one in North Dakota State College of Science down in Wapiton where they showed, um, in his words, some you know not so good things going on. Another example I'll share with you, there was a recent state audit done that showed that our Department of Human Services here in North Dakota they, by law, are supposed to go out, and a huge topic in our state, refugee resettlement. Big topic, right? Lutheran Social Services runs our refugee resettlement program in the state right now, and yet our Department of Human Services gets what's called an ORR6 report. They're supposed to review that every quarter, or every, I think, three times a year, I should say, to go through and make sure that Lutheran Social Services is correctly filling out this information. Uh, they're doing the right thing according to the law, according to the statute, and yet the recent audit from Josh Gallion shows that our Department of Human Services isn't even looking at this report, not even taking a peek at the ORR6 report coming from Lutheran Social Services about refugee resettlement. Is there anything nefarious going on there? We don't know because the Department of Human Services isn't doing their job. That comes from a performance audit from Josh Gallion. So, again, I think he's doing good work there, trying to keep people accountable. That is his gig. But unfortunately, our legislature wants to strip him of that independence to do these performance audits. This will hit the governor's desk. Ideally, Governor Bergen will maybe do a line item veto on that particular piece of the bill to continue to give our auditor some very, very important, in my opinion, independence. Would love to know your point of view on that. All right, we got to get to this. As last night, in case you missed the show, we told you about the fact that our producer, Josh, went over to what's called, I think it was Beer for Socialists. If we can bring this graphic up, we can show our audience, but maybe Socialists for Beer. I don't know exactly, but Socialist Happy Hour, okay? 
You can see here, it's a public event. Um, they're inviting people to come out and talk about socialism. It's a happy hour. So we sent producer Josh over there. We wanted to do some interviews and ask him about socialism and things of that nature. Uh, there's another piece here where they talk about, sort of describe the event. And they say, hey, come on over, let your hair down, party with a socialist. Well, that's what producer Josh wanted, wanted to do. As we told you last night, when Josh shows up there, we had a former lobbyist for the Human Rights Commission kick producer Josh out of the meeting. They said, get out of here. We don't want to have anything to do with you, producer Josh, and what you do over there at Point of View. And then today, this socialist organization uh, posted our segment from last night on their Facebook page. And I'm going to share with you a little bit about what they posted here. And I've told you this a million times on the show. When you have somebody that doesn't want to actually debate policy and they right away go to, you know, you're a racist, you're a xenophobe, you've already won that debate. So here's what they posted. They said, hey, here's what Chris Berg and his fans don't get. We don't want inclusivity. I said to you last night, these people always preach about inclusivity and we want to, you know, be love and peace. Apparently they really don't. They just want to sit there and pound their fists about how great socialism is. And then they go on to call you racist, bigots, and hate mongers who cheer war and police violence. <laughs> Where they get that reference, I have no idea. Or those who promote violence against women at home and across the world. Again, have no idea what they're talking about. I think I would say, hey, go look at uh, Venezuela. How's that going for the women down in Venezuela right now? For the children down in Venezuela right now? They go on to say, we are socialists. We're not here to have a conversation with those who actively promote that which fears our communities and world apart. Excuse me, tears. Excuse me, tears our world and communities apart. We are to help build a better world and find joy in it. You can see the rest there, but I would suggest this. Why don't you go down to Venezuela and find out how much joy is happening right now in Venezuela? Folks, these people are complete and total frauds. Complete and total frauds sit there and say, hey, we want to talk about socialism. Let's go down and have a happy hour. And then they say right there, we don't want inclusivity. We don't want to have a conversation. They know this because they can't defend their just ridiculous, horrible policies. Again, look at Venezuela. So for anybody out there that's a part of that organization, you went to the event last night, we'd love to have you on. Let's have the conversation. Socialism right now is the moniker that's going around with this Democratic primary, so come on in here. Uh, don't give us your little antics about, oh, racist and bigots. Let's have a serious policy conversation, and maybe socialism wins that argument. I don't know, but if you're not even going to have the conversation, I would suggest that you probably take a look in the mirror and figure out, wait a second, what in the world am I doing here? I can just sit on my little socialist island or actually talk to other people if you're going to try to win other people over to your ideal. So on our Facebook page, uh, some of the socialists went on there and wanted to post some comments. Again, I've said this to you. As soon as people just start calling you names, you know that you've won the argument. So uh, here's a Facebook post from Zach. They said, Josh Dreyer is a massive loser. Ha, 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 ha. What a huge baby. He literally cried to his boss because he was told to leave an event he wasn't welcome at. Cry me a river. <laughs> Producer Josh, I don't know if you want to, I don't know if you want to. So Josh says he's a national socialist. Uh, then Wool Live Play says, thanks for fueling our membership, Chris. You make our job easy. Well, that's why we want to come over there and interview you guys. It would have been great if Josh could have got you on camera, asked you some questions. Again, maybe you would have won some people over and we could improve your membership even more. But if you're not even going to have a conversation, that doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, there was another person there by the name of Afrim. Uh, Josh, where is Afrim from again, if you can let me know? But 
Mario H. Solis said this about Afram. He's from, he's a Bosnian refugee. So Afram says, there's no assuming here. You came with people that have been awful to good people. POV tried to smear people that look like you and me when some Muslims rented out the Viking Stadium in Minneapolis. He implied for absolutely no reason other than hate that those people were going to be slaughtering and sacrificing goats. Didn't say that. You can go back and look at the video. No thanks to you and the disgusting POV people you've aligned yourself with. <laughs> Again, completely inaccurate information, but boy, they love to throw out names when they obviously cannot win in an argument. We'd love to know your thoughts there. What do you think about socialists going, hey, look, we don't want inclusivity. We don't even want to have a conversation. Or should they maybe open up their minds just a little bit?